Hey, group chat. I know y'all see my text. There's tea to be spilled. Each week, we're bringing you our unfiltered take on culture, news, dating, and our lives as Black millennial women. We're coming to y'all with the honesty and eye rolls that only a text chain with your girls can. This is Black Girls Texting with Chelsea, Glenn, and Shade. Black Girls Texting. As we left you on that cliffhanger last week, we let you know that we will be joined by the lovely Ty Beauchamp. Again, she's back. She is in the club somewhere at the pool. You're here. Not the beach club. Uh, <laughs> living her life. Um, living her best life. Um, again, she's our Black girl doing shit. My good sis. That's a black girl doing shit. Do we have any other black women that we want to big up before we kind of just jump into the episode? I feel like, you know, we're stream rolling. Steam rolling? Is that when you go really steam fast? Rolling, we're, steam. We're, steam, we're steam rolling because we have a lot of uh, content for you guys. Um, so you know what? I will quickly say black girl doing shit. Shout out to our ancestors, all the black women who laid the foundation for us to have the lifestyles that we live. It's time for us to do some work as well so that the babies in the future can shout us out and hopefully we're doing shit <laughs> and not just leaving them to a planet of destruction. Um, Period, because they ain't do all of that for this. <laughs> no, absolutely not. They probably no. like, this is ghetto. This is why, so ghetto. Why are we here? <laughs> um, I also well, want to stop saying that. So I, do I, but I feel like, like I've negative reclaimed it. I feel like it's like the N-word. Like I'm reclaiming ghetto. No, I've reclaimed- I know, but I've heard like white people say it and it makes me so Oh no, 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 no. I don't let them say that. I'd be like, what do you mean by that? No, I not to me. I haven't heard in it the way to call like up like the, the like America ghetto. Like you okay, know, okay. um yeah, you know, you use it in a different America context. No, ghetto. I get it. I'm just yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been thinking about it. But yeah, continue. I get I you agree. though. I used to that word used to trigger the fuck out of me. Like I I don't like it. I'd be like, like, like from a, a ghetto, technically. I'd be like, like your grandmother's ghetto. Yeah. People be saying rough too. That irks me. Like, you know, or like or rough ratchet over there. Oh, I can't. Oh no, stand I hate when ratchet. They say ratchet. Absolutely not. Okay, girls, let's <laughs> yeah. bring it back. Yes. So philosophical and political. Yes. My Ty's uh, coming back. Let's jump in. And now a word from our sponsors. Hey group chat, it's me Sade and I am here to talk to you all today about always ultra thin pads. Now, as you can imagine, you all know I'm the queen of self-care and I like to feel comfortable. Pads were not my thing, but ever since being introduced to always ultra thin, I'm back on the pad wave. Let me tell you why. There's superior period protection. You don't have to worry about leaks and discomfort and always ultra thin wicks gushes 90% faster than the leading store bought brand. So Head over to always.com and get you some always ultra thin pads. Tell them that I sent you. Well, y'all, All right, we are back with, it's part time to time. with our big sis, Ty. Um, you know how she does. She's a fabulous woman living a bi-coast. I-, I can't even say bi-coastal. No. Life. She's living an L.A. life. So she's at I live the here in L.A. I live here in L.A. I am officially L.A. So like know that the L.A. vibes have really settled in and 
I'm still Jersey at the core, but LA has kind of like permeated the spirit of Tybo's chomp. And That's you might how hear a little of that as she gallivants wherever <laughs> she is living her best life. And if you know it's good for you, get on YouTube so you can see this beautiful lady sun kissed by the pool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am us a little so dance. done with you right now. So where we left off was kind of talking about my mom's advice that there's no ring on your finger. You were talking about trying to kind of navigate as a single-ish woman. And I don't know where we landed. What's your take on that Uh, advice from the mom? Yeah, so here's the thing. I will tell you, I think that that advice makes a lot of sense when you have the space, time, bandwidth, and Mm. don't necessarily feel like you are ready fully for it so that is how I governed most of my life like you know and I'm also a highly spiritual person I don't know if we talked about that but like even though I'm gallivanting and doing all this I like believe in God and I want to walk in a God-like and like the carpenter not just Jesus but like the carpenter I want to live that life that's my personal experience but like with that I think that, you know, we have these experiences in time when you have room and space to kind of show up in that way. As a 44-year-old woman who is very intentional now, um, I think that, you know, I've learned some of the behaviors and patterns that worked for me then don't necessarily apply now. So I fully celebrate your mom's advice. Like, don't act like a married woman. No, you're, you're not 30 yet. Why the hell would you be acting like you're married? You're not. And I think that actually you want your potential partner or spouse, if you decide to go that route, to understand and identify with where you are now. I think that as you grow in your own kind of like wisdom and situation, it means different things. But I also want to say that I have a challenge. I'm challenged by the idea of roles. I think that that's very specific to and nuanced based upon the person that you're trying to be with. So the person that you want to be with might require certain things that are different from what you originally identified as what you wanted. And that's when we need to examine that. I debunk the idea of these traditional roles and the established roles and the you know, conformed and constructed roles that have been dictated for what it looks like. You decide that. You decide that for yourself. Now, with that being said, Shade, how you decide and define it for yourself works for you. It might not work for me. And yeah, that's cool. Um, And I feel educated in that way because, you know. What are are your thoughts around compromise? That's been a big word for me this year and I feel like some people give it a bad connotation because it it implies that you are losing something um, or maybe you're not um, living your life to your standards whatever it may be Um, and I, I wonder what your thoughts are on that. I think we live in a very selfish society and so I think to view compromise as something that is antithetical to our own individual growth is problematic. I think compromise also helps us to understand how to be compassionate, how to be empathetic, how to be sympathetic, and that's human. 
And I think that because we live in this society where everyone's trying to create constructs around like, oh no, you need to be your person. I, I think compromise is healthy. I think compromise is growing. That's what it is for me. Um, and it doesn't always fit or it's not always suited, but I think that compromise um, in the idea of evolution and being beyond where you are in order to adapt and or to accept someone else's thinking is healthy. That's how we grow. That's how we evolve spiritually, personally, emotionally, professionally. Like imagine if you didn't have someone in your workplace who taught you something and you're like, oh, that ain't the way I do it, but I'm going to compromise and adapt certain things and adopt certain things that you have presented to me that work. And I think that that's healthy. And I think that, you know, quite honestly, one of the things I struggle with, you know, with, um, you know, I'm, I'm a proud generation Xer. And when I struggle with like, with this new way of thinking, it's like, it's almost like we have to be antithetical to everything that existed in order to pronounce who we are. Not so much. I think, you know, I'm trying to be 44 and 22 at the same time. <laughs> That's not bad. I, mean, I love that. I also feel, oh, sorry, Glenn. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I'm sure your mom didn't mean it like in a literal way, Sade, but like, I've heard like women our age who are like, well, if there's no ring on my finger, I can do X, Y, and Z. And I feel like that I definitely don't agree with. And your follow-up question about compromise to me flows into that because like, you have to change, a like you have to bend, not break, right? Mm -hmm. You're in a new relationship. So some things need to change, right? And that's how it's going to develop into a, if your goal is marriage or if your goal is a partnership, I feel like you're not going to act the same way that when you were single. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even without a ring. I interpret in it more so as like, we actually had a talk recently where I'm really trying to navigate like wanting to be I don't know what you call this because I don't want to be bi-coastal. I want to be like between here and Mexico. So bi continental. Bi continental. I don't or know. Same continent. Right. I'm gonna say it's the same continent. It's bi-national. Yeah, bi-national. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I was just like, oh, but like he has to be here, blah, blah, blah. And my mom was just like, listen, that's been a dream of yours. Like, don't like stint your dreams. Like, you need to figure that out. So I think she's more so like a lot oh, of people will will bend and do things for a partner and then turn around and oh boy ain't even around and now you've lost time and lost opportunities and lost hours. And I add, but why is it that extreme? Yeah and can I add to that Chelsea like like sometimes you dream up like the dream evolves and the mm -hmm. dream evolves more than one kind of like you know majority player or star and it involves multiple stars. And so the dream can level up. I think that part of the challenge that I think we experience as Black women, especially when the, the dreams, when we talk about being the dreams of our ancestors and like the manifestation of those dreams of our ancestors, is that we're holding on to the dreams of what the ancestors looked like when you didn't have the opportunity to create a new dream. I don't think a dream that we have, and even if it's a big dream, there's still opportunities to dream bigger and more expansive. And that might include a new player, that might include a new lead, that might include multiple leads, or it might be singular. And I think that, you know, if your dream was 
to live in Mexico and experience Mexico. That's a wonderful thing. But how do you do that with your partner? And what does that look like? Um, one of my favorite columns to read in the New York Times, in addition to the New York style section and the business section, is modern love. And like one of the things I've learned over the course of the years of modern love is that modern love does not have to be dictated based upon the 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 experiences of what our predecessors have experienced so you might choose to be in mexico for a month or two and you might be polygamous then she wants to do and five i know girl i already know <laughs> but that but that i guess that's Compromise. How I thinking, like what it doesn't have to be that extreme you can still right. have your dream of mexico and figure out what could work with you two in mexico like maybe if you go like five times a year he's included on like three trips or like Something like that. It doesn't mean like Mexico's X'd out. And now a word from our sponsors. Our friends at Ulta Beauty shared a few product recommendations for keeping your curls juicy and joyful. Ulta Beauty recommends using the following products in your routine to help in prolonging your protective styles by keeping your hair healthy and hydrated. First, cleanse with Sunday Sunday Root Refresh Micellar Rinse. This lightweight and gentle cleanser is color safe, sulfate free, and keeps your scalp and hair fresh between washes. Ulta Beauty's next recommendation is Kemet Biologics Burdock Root Buttercream, which provides rich, lightweight moisture for fine, thin, afro-slash-coily hair, delivering 24-plus hours of moisture without the buildup, perfect for dry, medium-low porosity hair. We'll finish with Rizzo's Curls Nourish Oil, which is made with 100% pure essential oils to provide a radiant shine. This lightweight oil quickly absorbs and penetrates, providing moisture and minimizing frizz for visibly healthier looking hair and scalp. So what are you waiting for? Head over to Ulta Beauty or Ulta.com to shop all your hair care essentials now. Oh, I have a confession. I hate wearing pads. They feel like diapers to me and it's just not sexy. Not only is it thick, but it's like wet and gushy and too moist in between my legs. And then I get paranoid about leaks. No one wants to leak. Ugh, you literally feel everything everywhere. And God forbid you cough or you sneeze or you laugh too hard. Who knows what's going to happen? I hate pads. I feel you. I used to be very much anti-pads and I have tried so many different kinds. I have to say like nothing is worse than being afraid to sneeze on your period or to your point, like you're hanging out with your friends and you laugh too hard or God forbid you're with your man and then you're leaking everywhere. Like that is not the wave, but I got you. I'm going to put you on. I recently tried Always Ultra Thin, which is the superior period protection, especially compared to some of these other store-bought brands. Like, I'm telling you, no more drama in my life. (laughs) Well, I'm definitely going to try it. I mean, I need something that's going to soak up the moisture, um, deal with all that gushiness because it's uncomfortable. So maybe I'll give pads another try. I was ready to move on from the pad life. 
I'm telling you, it's the wave. It feels light and comfortable. You don't have to worry about that diaper feeling. Or, you know, sometimes when you're like laying with a pad on and it's like twisting around and you feel it in your underwear, like that's not, that's not it. And you're not paranoid about the leaking. I don't know exactly what the technology is, but always ultra thin wicks gushes 90% faster than the leading store bought brand. Like moisture wicking for the vagine. That's what we need. Wow, that's amazing. I'm going to have to try them stat because nothing else has been working for me. Thanks again for the rec. Yes, girl. Go to always.com. You can learn more and get you some pads. And now we are back with more Black Girls Texting. Yeah, and to Ty's earlier point, I was talking to Shadi about this yesterday. You were saying that your partner is really into like being grounded and routines and kind of staying like building the home space and being like a little bit more settled in. And that I think is stifling for Shade, but maybe you could see it in a whole new, exciting way. You could learn there could be something powerful you could pull out of his routine and the way that he thinks it's important to build like a home and to, you know, pour Girl, don't give it. him all this credit. I know that's your bestie, but damn. I just understand <laughs> where he's coming from. And- and also, I feel like if you feel like you're bending too much to the point of your breaking, then that's also a conversation too. Maybe it's not a yeah. compatible match. Mm-hmm. Bend, but don't break. I think bending is good because bending is an extension. So the thing about an arc, right? You know, when we think about a linear line or um, a radius, right? That goes across, or I don't know if that's what it's called because a radius is part of it, but like the, across. When you have... An arc, it actually is more expansive. It also reaches up and it reaches down, whereas a radius is flat, right? Mm-hmm. And so we have to think about the idea of bending being something, and we and that's our narrative that we have to do. I'm doing that every day in life. I'm doing that every day in life in relationships. I'm doing that constantly in business as I'm negotiating. You know, it's a bend, don't break. How does this work for you? How does this work for me? And it challenges me in my thinking and also in my perception about what the global economy of support and care and deposit looks like. Because it's not enough to deposit into yourself. The global economy says that we have to deposit into others. So if others are bending and I'm bending, then that supports us. If I'm breaking, then that doesn't support me. If they're breaking, that doesn't support them. And so I think that, you know, as Black women, and Black young women, I think it's really important for us to start to consider like a new narrative that quite frankly was not taught and wasn't inherent and also wasn't afforded to us. Our ancestors had to break. Mm. Now it's time for us to think about how we bend so that future generations don't have to break. Oh, that was a bar. That was a bar. That's a clip. That's going to be on the socials. Um, <laughs> that made me think of just like a couple like offshoots. So you said something about the global economy, economy, right? I've been thinking about that in terms of how, you know, Roe v. Wade was just overturned on Friday, right? And I think we're talking a lot about how we can all be supportive of one another, especially across this country. And I've been seeing people say that a lot of the reasons why all these treacherous things that are happening is because there's just a lack of empathy within these people that are, like, in charge of making these laws. Like, they are deeply hurt inside of themselves i mean i think it's about money and power 
Yeah. <laughs> Truly, yeah, I know they're like, and we need to call in. Who's giving yeah. them money? Capital. Who's yeah. yeah, they're like, we need to bring in compassion, right? I'm like, capital, we need to bring capital. But right. anyway, I just, um, we didn't, we haven't gotten to talk about this on the show yet. So just a little check in. How are people feeling? What are you thinking about? Well, I feel like my immediate reaction, it's kind of sounds like an asshole, but I'm like, I thank God that I'm from New York and I live in California and I feel terrible for people that live in places where it's it's like their governments are going backwards in every single way. Like, it's not just this. It's the fact that, okay, you have Juneteenth off, but you don't learn about racism and slavery. Like, it's just like, it's confusing, but it's like, yeah, but it's like, damn, thank God I'm not there. Slash, I, I want to support how I can from my liberal bubble. Yeah. I think, I think for me, I mean, it's so layered because if we were to really kind of examine this and I had a, not someone I would consider a friend, but someone that I know send me the history of Margaret uh, uh, Stranger and the founder of Planned Parenthood. And I know her history where she was, uh, you know, called out as a racist. Um, and, um, you know, I know a lot of the history, but I've been a proud supporter of Planned Parenthood because it's given options for the most marginalized. I think that sometimes the inception of an organization can really evolve um, as time evolves. And I do feel that Planned Parenthood has done that. And Alexis McGill Johnson, who is the CEO and president um, behind Cecil Richards, is a dear friend of mine. Um, I say all that to say, Um, I think when we're talking about legislative rights, um, when we're talking about the Supreme Court, um, one of the things that we all should continue to struggle with is that we cannot make a a war or a stink about um, rights without being active on a consistent basis. And part of the challenge with that from an institutionalized standpoint is that the system was never constructed so that Black white, brown people were meant to be a part of this. This is built on a white patriarchy. And with that being said, I don't want to be too heavy, Um, but I will say this. We cannot progress as a people and as a country until people are given physical first agency over their bodies. Secondarily, all the other things that come with that, emotional, spiritual, intellectual agency, all of that matters. But if we are encapsulating and saying, you can't do this, we have to understand that that construct is not meant to propel us forward and it's antithetical to what the institution of the United States was meant to be, even though I'm not gonna go there because that's bullshit anyway, because it was built on the backs of slaves and enslavement. But with that, it's contradictory. And um, I think it's really important for women to recognize that if we have consumer power, we have legislative power. Mm -hmm. And so if we take our consumer power, where we are the people who deciding and and driving commerce in this nation and beyond, we have to be as dogmatic about driving it. We cannot talk about protecting children without protecting the rights of women who birth children. The shit yep. does not make sense. And I, um, I am proud to say that I posted very powerfully and um, perhaps to the surprise of even my parents, I had an abortion at 23 that I've never talked about publicly. I've talked about like fertility and you know, we talked about that the other day. 
um, as we're here in part two. We have to, one in four women in the United States have had an abortion. And it is something that we shun. And whether or not it's an abortion because you have had medical issues or you've chosen not to move forward with that because of wherever you were in your life or because unfortunately you were uh, the victim of assault and or rape. It is my body. And I think that we cannot proclaim gender equality. We cannot proclaim sexual equality. We cannot create, proclaim racial equality without first starting with the agency of our bodies. And so. Uh, two out of four. I haven't said this publicly either, but I've also had an abortion and I was very reluctant to talk about it because of, to your point, like the shame, the shunning, the, oh, you're, you're, you're too grown. You're too this. And it's just like, I almost felt like, oh, well, I need to go through with this because I could hypothetically financially take care of it, but I just was not emotionally ready to do that. And it shouldn't be forced on anyone. And I think what's super interesting, I saw a post where someone talked about um, the fact that this country was built off of slavery and people not having autonomy over their bodies. How could we ever expect for this government to care about women's bodies and them having autonomy. And even thinking about the prison system, like it's all so interconnected. And I really want people to, to think about that. Um, I've been really trying to wrap my head around like what we can do because I also think thinking politically, like I didn't necessarily feel like the Democrats have done all that they can either. And so I really want to start thinking about grassroots level, like how do we support one another? How do we think about, you know, the type of candidates that we wanna see in power and not just necessarily vote along the same lines of that we've done for decades and decades because we feel like, oh, well, this will be a wasted vote if I go with a more like grassroots group. Um, which is something that a lot of my friends have been challenging me on that are get a little bit more on the left, we'll say. Um, <laughs> but it, this is, this has been one of those things, one of those moments that have been super eye-opening for me because I'm like, well, nobody's doing anything. It feels actually the people who are doing things are the more no, conservative people. They are doing a lot. Right? They have, <laughs> I must say, they've been like plotting and planning and, and building into this so much. There's a really interesting, um, episode I don't know if it's on the daily or today explained I'll try to find it um, for the show notes where they talked about how a lot of the strategy behind um, overturning Roe v. Wade was inspired by um, uh, God I don't know if it was Brown versus Board of Education but essentially work that was done for integration Plus D. Plus D. yes which is crazy <laughs> so crazy to me so like they've been doing the work they've been behind the scenes they've been organizing and we really need to start to do um the same thing and and I really want everyone to start to consider that in 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 the way that you're voting but also the way that like you're working within community I think that's super important and I also the last thing I'll say on this is as much as this is very unfortunate I think it's opening people's eyes to, we always thought the Supreme Court, or not, I never thought this, but a lot of people feel the Supreme Court is supposed to be um, nonpartisan and fair. And it's, you know, the level of the court where people are influenced by politics, blah, 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 all that bullshit. And it's not. 
it's not. For sure not. And I think that that's, that's where it's really important for us to realize as people of color um, that voting in the, you know, the national election and the presidential election is not enough. Like, I think, you know, we don't really understand the system because we were not meant to understand the system. Women or people who identify as women or who are born from an anatomy of women were not meant to understand the system. Black and brown people were not meant to understand the system. When you talk about legislation and how it's written, even how our governance is established, it was not meant for us to understand it. So what that does that mean? That means that we have to do a lot more work to understand it. And I think that quite frankly, we often sit in a seat of complacency. You know, we I can be here in Los Angeles, here at this place, and in this moment, like what does compassion look like when you see someone on the street who might not necessarily have the same access? And that's really important. Um, and I think that that would drive us to really kind of have an understanding um, or a desire to understand not only for ourselves, but the person sitting next to us and behind us. I, I'm troubled by this in, in some major ways because, and I'll not to get too deep, but I, I spent time with my niece who is a, an, a freshman um, at a college here in Los Angeles. And she's a young freshman. She graduated high school at 17. So she's only 18. But you, you marry the idea of not being aware and really doing the deep digging of understanding the institutionalization and the systems of oppression that exist with the fact that we have social media that creates and wants your brain to be buried over here. You're not ever thinking about these other spaces nearly as much. And so we talked about, you know, uh, gender assignment and we talked about identity and whether or not you're, did you, you guys know there's a gem noun too? It's a neo, it's a neo, they, them. Z, is it with a Z? Yeah, something like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I was still trying to figure out because I know that she, them, they are pronouns, but I know that we assign pronouns to people in this way. This is still new for me. I'm going to talk to you all about it, like real talk. So yeah. like having a conversation with her about that and she started talking about Jim and what have you. And But, but we didn't talk about you know, Roe versus Wade or, you know, Plessy and like what this means. And, you know, I think that what that, what this ultimately means is that we as marginalized people will have to seek knowledge. Knowledge will never be delivered to us. This is not the system of, you know, media that I must quite frankly celebrate Jewish people for being intentional about. Like I'm gonna disseminate information to my community so you understand and know what's happening. And it's gonna, I'm gonna put it in your face. We as marginalized people have to seek new media because right now we're just getting trapezoid with the flyest look. <laughs> and that's, and that's, and that's con consuming us versus like real understanding. But don't, I'll let y'all edit that. I'm gonna go <laughs> offline. And I also just say one more thing, like I loved when you talked about voting and not only voting for like presidential elections. And this is probably an opposition of some of our friends who are like, don't vote at all. The system's broken, all that stuff. Um, so Jamel Bowie, I believe is how you pronounce his name. He also writes for The New York Times, um, wrote something that made me at least have a little hope in terms of like voting in the smaller elections and that something can still be done. 
Um, he wrote, the Supreme Court does not exist above the constitutional system. It cannot shield itself from the power of the other branches. The Constitution provides a number of paths by which, by which Congress can restrain and discipline a rogue court. So it's a bunch of things that Congress can do to fight anything that the Supreme Court does. So we still can push who we're voting to do what we want them to do. So it's not over yet, is my point. Keep hope alive. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, but I also want people to not necessarily think that they need to go with the status quo. Um, because I, at least for me, I felt like I've always defaulted to, and again, I don't want this to turn like too specifically political, but I've always turned to voting Democratic because I felt like if I went with another party that I'm basically wasting a vote. Mm-hmm. And Democrats need to feel some heat under their asses because I don't see shit happening and we can't just keep voting for you on default. So they need to start losing support so that they can take action. And we need to start giving support to maybe some of these more independent parties that we feel our votes being wasted, or at least they need to see that there's a decline and there's that they can't just, cause you know what they're going to do? Oh, the Republicans did this to us. You're not a victim. You have power. That's why we put you in this space. You can use it, so, You can call call your representatives. You can harass them every day if that's something that you really, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just saying like, there are a lot more options to press the people that you're voting for outside of just like tweeting about it. Right. But, but that, but that, but that, I think that that goes back to, in my opinion, you know, the idea of, and this is part of the, the language narrative that we perhaps have to change. It's not enough to vote. You have to be educated and connected in, in this, I think that for many of us, because, you know, the idea of voting was, you know, a, a, a hallmark experience, mm-hmm. right? Like as women, suffrage movement, you know, Black people, like just getting the, being eligible to vote. So we focus on that. But vote, voting without activity and engagement is not the same. Because like, to your point, it's like calling, it's like being engaged. And I think that ultimately, and this is where I think it's really important for us to focus why I love what you all are doing. It's about community. It's not enough to text. It's more important to organize around that texting. It's more important to like implant ideas, support ideas, uh, develop new ways of thinking and elevate community as a whole. And so we've leaned so much as a people on the fact that we tick the box to vote. Voting is not enough. Your activity beyond the vote is what is necessary when we're talking about Roe versus Wade or anything else. Um, gun laws, you know, all of that is so critical. Um, you know, um, and, and, and so I, I want to share that because I think that our, our, our thinking around the infrastructure around how this exists needs to trump what was institutionalized previously. We have a say, we have an active role to participate in and to drive. And, you know, that it's requires our, it's a our right. level of engagement. Should be all right. Um, I want to remind people that there are midterm primary elections coming up. We're recording this on Monday, June 27th. There's one in New York on the 28th. There's some upcoming ones in Utah, Arizona, Kansas, Michigan. So just uh, look out 
give a look up for that if you weren't aware. I'm not going to lie to you. I did not know the midterms were tomorrow, but my ass will be down there at the polls. And tonight I have to do some digging on who is on the damn ballot, but I'm going to do it. Thank you for that. Thank you for that, Glenn. That's powerful. That's necessary. Yeah. Yeah. I'm having so many thoughts. Like one, like I agree, Shade, in terms of like, you can't just vote one party and just think that that means that they're on your same page like I'm thinking about in LA like as you guys know I've like donated to Karen Bass and like that's who I want to win um but like Rick Caruso is like walking around here like he's a democrat but if you actually know his history he's not but a lot of people voted for him because he's he's the democrat he's the big known democrat but it's like if you know the information but again that goes back to Ty's point seeking the information like doing the extra digging like and then your other point about like it's not just voting and it's not just this topic the amount of gofundmes i see for like funerals or i need a surgery it's like why do we need to go fund like why isn't there some sort of money for this if someone gets health care like it's just so many levels but it's It's what you said it's like a mixture of community and if our government gets off their ass and does what they're supposed to do. Right. Like, I think it is wild that like you have to see these types of things pop up to pay for people's surgeries and shit, but I'm glad that, th- that those platforms exist because what would people be doing? Yeah. What else are they going to do? I think that's a really good example of community, you know? Yeah. And, and, and then how do we, how do we channel it in ways that we really kind of get, and also recognizing that everyone's not always going to have the same level of engagement or concern about certain things and that's okay. But I think the awareness is really important, which is why I'm grateful for social media as much as sometimes I loathe it um, because, you know, it's, it's awareness and conversations, even if, you know, we don't necessarily always align in the agreement. A thousand percent. I'm going to switch gears a bit <laughs> but we are just coming off of BET weekend and I know that you were out on the town right Ty? I was I ended up not going to the awards I had an incredible ticket and a wonderful seat but my knee has not been great so I ended up not going and I have not seen the awards in its entirety but I do know some hallmark pieces that happened including Lotto um, and, and, and also like let me just say this and I want to answer your question so I won't be long, but like BT, uh, in addition to Wendy Williams, Wendy Williams was the first show that gave me my national platform. And so I haven't posted, but I will forever be indebted to Wendy Williams and Procter and Gamble for affording me the space to be on TV and give me this wonderful platform that led to um, a regular contribution for her show and other shows. BET was the first network that gave me my development deal um, for a TV host, and uh, I'm grateful to them. And, you know, I have a lot of friends over at BET, including Tim Page and Javia Pitts and Lewis Carr and, you know, Steve, uh, you know, like, and just so many people who have been supportive. And the thing I will say about BET is that we have to support um, organizations that have been there from the inception. And I know that there are often a lot of questions around, you know, monopoly and organizations who own companies, but this is a, a black led and black run organization who I think really wants to be at the forefront of bringing us to the forefront. Um, we might not always agree, um, 
but we have to support these institutions, BET, TV One, um, Aspire, and there are multiple um, revolts. Um, we have to support them. So I love that point. And I kind of raised that too, because I didn't watch the awards in its entirety, but the clips I've been seeing, I was like, damn BET. Like, it seemed like they had some budget this year. To your point, Lotto brought out Mariah Carey. I was like, She gave her flowers, which was so beautiful. I thought there was just like a lot of positivity and just like really like impressive performances and just fire people on that stage, you know? And I think the other thing we have to also always think about, and this is not just in media, but like in life right? Part of the reason why I think Black girls are Black girls text with the three of you is that you found a space where you can be yourself. Like as Black women, as Black people, as marginalized people, like how, where are the spaces that we can show up fully as ourselves? And how do we nurture those spaces? And so, you know, recognizing that some people might not feel like they can show up at Black girls texting as themselves and that's okay but when someone does feel that like how do we nurture that I feel that same way with morning mindset I feel that same way with brown girl Jane if you see yourself and you feel yourself amplify it because that's how we really kind of create the community that I'm talking about that is so essential for us you know that is so essential for us to build to grow and to deposit so totally and now a word from our sponsors Hey group chat, it's me Sade and I am here to talk to you all today about always ultra thin pads. Now, as you can imagine, you all know I'm the queen of self-care and I like to feel comfortable. Pads were not my thing, but ever since being introduced to always ultra thin, I'm back on the pad wave. Let me tell you why. There's superior period protection. You don't have to worry about leaks and discomfort and always ultra thin wicks gushes 90% faster than the leading store bought brand. So Head over to always.com and get you some always ultra thin pads. Tell them that I sent you. And now we are back with more Black Girls Texting. You know, and speaking of Brown Girl Jane, let's get into it. Tell us about the inception of this brand. And, you know, yeah, tell us all about it. Yeah, Brown Girl Jane brings me so much joy because it's a tangible, physical way that for me, we can bring wellness and life and growth to people across the world. Um, It was founded by myself and my Spelman sisters, Malika and Nia Jones, who happened to also be biological sisters, but the three of us all went to Spelman. So it's rooted in sisterhood. And we are all about like, you know, how do we advance the wellness conversation as well as provide the resources, the tools and the support system? Like, you know, as Black women, there are nuances for us. Like, you know, I think about, you know, my days as a editor and like the wellness conversation was like Pilates and yoga my mama never did Pilates and yoga like I mean and you know it it looked like something different for my mother wellness for her was being able to hang out with her girlfriends wellness for her was being able to take a time to go for a walk wellness for her was being able to take a nap you know and so like what we seek to do as a brand is to support your journey to wholeness by providing uh, support systems and solutions to you know elevate your wellness journey and so we um we started two years ago we're sold at Nordstrom and Bloomingdale's we'll have a announcement very soon about going into another national retailer that you all will love and uh we're on 13 Loon and um yeah we're we were you know bootstrapped until recently when 
you know, another Black woman invested in us, the Fearless Fund with Ariane Simone and her team over there. So, yeah. That's fire. You know, I know you have CBD is like a element of your products. I've been seeing that a lot in beauty. Can you talk to us about like the, how CBD is like a wellness tool specifically for like beauty? Yeah, absolutely. So CBD is a, is, is a part of the, so the cannabis plant, otherwise known in many of our communities as weed or marijuana, I like to just say cannabis, um, has more than a hundred strains um, that you can extract from the plant. Some of it has psychoactive properties. That's the THC side of it. And then there are CBDs, there are CBNs, there are CBGs, but there are more than a hundred strains. So like with any plant, when you distill it, um, the properties change. Um, CBD is actually found naturally in our bodies. So we all have something called an endocannabinoid system and CBD is a cannabinoid. And so uh, cannabidinol. And so what happens in our bodies is like our nervous system, like our pulmonary system, like, um, you know, our musculatory system, um, we have an endocannabinoid system. Your endocannabinoid system is what regulates your hormones. So it works to send signals to your brain to help you understand like whether or not you're tired, whether or not you're energized, whether or not you use all those things. And CBD helps to regulate that which is naturally in your body. And so when you extract CBD from the cannabis plant, which is naturally in your body and it has no psychoactive properties, so you won't get high from it, you won't get a buzz from it, it helps to regulate what's happening in your body. CBD is an anti-inflammatory. Um, CBD also like helps to uh, uh, you know soothe kind of like, so if you're dealing with bloatedness, if you're dealing with PMS, if you have psoriasis, if you have uh, eczema, and it's one of those unique kind of like um, derivatives like vitamin C that works topically, you know, vitamin C brightens your skin that also works when you ingest it. So like when you're feeling sick, you take a vitamin C. So like CBD works that same way. And it's very few plants that work that way. It's a hundred percent natural. And also quite frankly, for black and brown people, this is what we've done. Your great grandmama was always trying to make your root tea. So this is what we do. You she's trying to figure out, get the licorice, get this, get this. It's natural for us and it's instinctive for us, whether or not you're Native American, whether or not you're African, whether or not you're Latina, this is a part of how we have always done. So unfortunately with cannabis in the United States, it has been criminalized. And that actually has everything to do with, and I don't mean to be so political today, but part two is the policy apart, obviously. I love like, politics. You know, the, the reason why the reason why it was criminalized, quite frankly, is because when we had the wine and spirits industry during prohibition come along, they wanted to make sure that they create this institution. And we know that the wine and spirits industry is one that is highly commercialized and is a capitalist institution. And so what they tried to do is to uh, minimize what the plant could do from a healing standpoint. Not to mention then when you talk about the systems of oppressions that we have created and that have also been institutionalized by the government, how were black and brown people trying to cure their elements? right? So we had the Native Americans who were on the reservations that they were giving alcohol to. And then within our communities, it was drugs that they illegalized, quite frankly. But this is plant medicine. This is something you can find. This ain't real plant, but like, you know, it's something you can find wherever. 
So we have to be mindful of that. And so, but I will also say as Brown Girl Jane, we are not a CBD company. We're a beauty and wellness brand. Our first collection harnessed the power of CBD, which is an ingredient like a vitamin A, like a vitamin C. So we also have fragrances. We're all about uh, decreasing stress and increasing your mood and also the appearance of stress, both visibly and how you feel. So that's what Brown Girl Jane is. Oh, yes. Wait, so you said you have a fragrance. Tell me about some of the other products, just so the girls know. So we, have, um, we have a total of 12 fragrances, uh, 12 SKUs right now. Um, about half of it is CBD, uh, which was the first hero ingredient. And then we have mood boosting fragrances where we partnered with the same company that helped to develop um, Tom Ford and a lot of those major brands. We were one of the first uh, indie brands and definitely the first black owned brand to partner with them in a way where we're introducing functional fragrances that help to, uh, to increase and enhance uh, the mood of of us and help us to feel great as we go throughout the day. Oh, I'm gonna this go is to so exciting. I know this fragrance. is a fragrance. <laughs> fragrance girl chat. We were, we were, this. we were, we were voted Essence Fragrance of the Year. We were wow. also voted to Cosmos uh, Top Fragrances of 2022. Brown Girl Jane was also voted Refinery 29's Beauty Innovator of the Year. And we were also voted to WWD's Wellness Power Player. And we have been acknowledged by um, an organization and company called Unwinder as one of the top wellness brands for women of color and the only multicultural wellness brand centering the needs of women of color, along with the lights of Beyond, um, Peloton, and uh, Aloe and some others. And Google. So we out here trying to do it. Shout out to Malika and Nia, my business partners and our entire team over there, Brown Girl Jane that holds us down, and Tenadia. Um, who helped us to develop the fragrance with Permanent. That is, is so fire and impressive. And what? Oh my God. I just got so excited. I want everything. Um, <laughs> I need to send you guys I, I, I everything. Often, I, wanna, I want you guys to bring it on. I want you to spritz it and tell me how you feel. So yes. the fragrances correlate with joy, peace, and love. And they're named after destinations Bahia, Lamu, and Casablanca. <gasps> I love Bahia. <laughs> I so much more. <laughs> Yay. Okay. That's Ty, I feel like we, we, we try to give you your flowers as much as possible, but I feel like in this moment, we just have to like emphasize what a powerhouse you are. I feel like you're so inspiring and it's so dope to hear that like you created this, that there are black investors, black female investors, you're three black women that you're like centering the importance of wellness for us. And just like entering the game because it's so dominated, not just by men, but by white people, white women. And we don't necessarily get to see ourselves in a lot of these businesses and these companies. And it's super moving because it helps me think like, what about that girl that wants to start something that doesn't think that she can? Like you're working with Tom Ford fragrance. Like that's crazy. Like, I don't know. It just really emphasizes how much like the sky's the limit. And I love it. I love it. And let me just tell you, I think you all are still at the beginning of what the journey is. And so I want to know this. Let me ask y'all a question. Let me do my hosting situation. Mm. I'm just saying, hey, (laughs) (laughs) what does wellness and when do you guys, when do you ladies feel most well and whole? And I have to have you on you good sis for Brown Girl Jane, not just Morning Mindset. Chelsea's the only one that wants to be up with me for morning mindset. I saw you, Chelsea, come in the other day. Thank you so much, love. I love you. I love you. But like, 
what does wellness look like for you all? What is that? What does, how do you define wellness for yourselves as 20 something, 30 something? We'll know if Chelsea's 17. <laughs> I love this question. Take it away, Shade. No, y'all go. They don't be ready. I, <laughs> I feel like extra time, like, like time to unwind, time to do things that maybe they don't pay me, but like things that I just like enjoy and like spending time with friends. I feel like time, time, that's like, you can't get it back. And when you can just like spend it how you want to spend it, I feel like you are well in those moments. Mm. I love time. Bitch, that I love profound that. As hell. That was profound <laughs> <laughs> That was really good. <laughs> You're like, now, you are, now you Glenn are, feels a lot are. of pressure. I'm like, I want to do should have went first, bad. Glenn. Yeah, Glenn's like, oh, what am I going to say? <laughs> I don't know. I'll, gi- I'll give you more time, Glenn. Yeah. Um, as a resident Leo of the group chat, <laughs> And truly the resident of the world. Um, Yes. I find that wellness for me is just like loving on myself. Like when I'm doing my self-care routine at night or even just like overindulging in anything that just makes me feel good. I'm like looking at myself in the mirror. I'm like touching my skin. I'm looking at my face and I'm just like, wow, bitch, you're alive. You're feeling good. You're beautiful. And like, it's just super empowering to do that for me. Even when I'm like, Ooh, I don't like this little pimple or whatever, but it's still just like, I don't know. It's that, it's that loving on yourself. And, and I think that that's super important because for so long, like we grew up as little girls, feeling maybe that we weren't as pretty or our features weren't as nice or our skin wasn't as nice. So to be, to be able to really sit in like self-love is wellness for me. And everyone needs a little real energy. We we need to do, everyone does need a little, we need to do a black girl sexing and brown girl Jane collab on a product is what I'm thinking. So I need y'all to start thinking and brainstorming about that. Okay, Glenn, what is wellness like for you? Um, (laughs) Has a ring to it, right? (laughs) Um, I mean, Tam, I really did love what Chelsea said about about time. Like I love some time, child. You ain't never on time. (laughs) I'm never on time. I always need more time. I do struggle with the deadlines and things like that, <laughs> you know, but I do think it's because I have like pretty, I have, I have anxiety. I have some anxiety issues. So oh, I, I just, have to get you our balance drops and our rest drops and our gummies, our, our jellies is what we call them. They're wonderful for anxiety. I need and that. I, I, I stopped calling it anxiety and I started calling it an, anticipation. anticipation. I remember as soon as I said it, I was like, I have anticipation. <laughs> <laughs> um so right now wellness for me is just like calming down my brain like I'm working on some activities where I just catch myself about to start over anticipating things and trying to just like undo all of that but I do think that I feel most well when I'm out of my head and when I'm present in my body and usually I feel the most present when I'm with people that I love and I feel like I have time to spend with them and yeah, literally, like when I don't feel like I have to pick up my phone, where I ignore my emails and all that kind of stuff, you know, and just spend time. Yeah, time, time is good, Chelsea. That's good. 
I need my earth energy sisters over here. Oh my God. All of you are super earthy because you're also a Capricorn. No, it's too earth and too fire. But I have a lot of earth in my chart. I I have a lot of fire. Like this is true. Do you know when you do an analysis? Oh my God. I do. But I keep forgetting. This is, this is. I think we'll do you real 40s. quick. I'm about to be like, okay, so I, I'm give January, me the part time. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm giving you January 7th, 1978, North New Jersey, 11 um, 41 a.m. 11 41 a.m. And wait, J- Jan 7th? Jan 7th, 1978. <laughs> Shut it, look like an on air. Like, North New Jersey, Beth Israel Hospital, 17 1978. Okay, I'm pulling it up. Wait, Give let's me a share, moment. And let's share ours with Ty as we pull it up. You go first because I literally always forget what mine is. <laughs> me too. But Shade knows it. So the sun is Capricorn. Shade knows our oh, shit. The sun is Capricorn, the rising is Leo, and the moon is Sag. Oh, cute. I don't know what that means, but thanks. I'm, <laughs> I'm a sun, but, but I'm happy here sun. for all of it. I'm a Sag Sun, Taurus Moon, Capricorn rising. So I'm, I'm happy y'all all Capricorns. Yes. yes Correct. Yes, yes. Not me. Not, not Leo. <laughs> not Leo me. Said, I uh, am no. a um She gave me, lion. she gave me the West Indian moment. She was like, not me. Are you West Indian? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's sad. debatable. No. Right. Your, like, your mom is what? what? Bitch, don't come. My mom's mom is. Okay. Yeah. You were giving me, not me. I'm like, hey, where you from, girl? <laughs> <laughs> where you from, girl? Um, I'm a Leo son. Duh. Um, an Aquarius moon. So that's where I get, you know, really witchy and weird. And a Gemini rising. And that is where I get a little crazy. And I love that. Oh, that's a crazy chart. I never really thought about can it. I tell I you the, can I tell you about Shade? Tell me yeah, about tell it, us. please. Shade, girl. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> girl i love it all but i love y'all so much so what am i real quick all right so you have a very exciting chart because i had a feeling there was fire in here there's definitely fire there so you're a capricorn sun you're a sagittarius moon and you're aries rising so very similar to chelsea in that double fire um but aries differentiates a bit from the sag and leo in that they don't fuck around. Aries is ruled by Mars. So lots of like, war, uh, right? I hear Aries be fighting. Also something I just wanted to highlight to you, and we could definitely do this offline tie anytime, but your Venus is in Capricorn oh. and your Venus is the What'd you say? Oh, for Chelsea, what's that, what's that mean? What's that mean? That's your love. That's it's how your, you it's romance. Come, yeah, it's your love and me, romance. Come meet me. Come meet me at the. At... If you're serious, I'll pull up. Pull up. Pull up. Okay. This is where I am. I got like two more calls. Come on, up on her. That's no, this Venus. This Venus is very important. My Venus is in Virgo and yours being in Capricorn, being Earth sign. It's very analytical. So when it comes to your love life. You are thinking through like A, B, C, D. You're like, you're, it's not as I know, like, but I love him, easy. but I love him, but I love him so much. I love him. I love him so much. I, 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 
I love him so much. I love him. Don't think about it. Just go with your heart. Don't think about it. I know. I know. But he's not thinking about it. And so it's like all these thinkers (laughs) and we're, we old thinkers. So we've been thinking for a long time. Lots of thinking. (laughs) We could do his chart too. Oh my God. We'll do Ty. Give me his, his info. I'm going to text his mom and be like, what time he he was born? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Don't even ask him. Just go straight to the mom. I love it. Oh girl. No, his mom loves me. Um, and I love him. I, so wait, I, are you going to make a big declare of, of, of your love? Are you in like a public display? So, well, so oh, billboard? you also, uh, no, because that's <laughs> not my personality. Capricorn Venus. So it's not, that's not me, right? That's not me. And so no. that's the challenge. It's like, he's like, you ain't said nothing about us. I'm like, booby, you be here every night. <laughs> I'm like, we good. Um, I love him. And um, he's teaching me a lot about myself and my love and also about my evolution. Um, we had a wonderful time. We had a wonderful time last night. So I'm going to hang out right now. I mean, I love him. I have you to gotta go, go do, I do something on intro. So anyone who wants to book time with me to have like a mentoring conversation, you can do it with me on intro. And I have conversations. Yeah, you can book 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour with me. Is this an app? um, Yeah, it's called Intro. Hi, Tracy. Okay. I'm just just wrapping a a podcast. So I'm going to add some time to us. So this is, look, 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 Tracy. Say hi, Tracy. Say hi, Tracy. She's like, girl, she's like, I don't know what we're doing. And then my (laughs) assistant. This is this is one of my boos though. Tracy comes to Morning Mindset with Ty every morning on IG Live, and then she also comes to the hike. So we're gonna have to do a partnership with Black Girl Texting. We gotta sell that. We got a lot of yes. things, a lot of partnerships, yes. lots of link ups. Ty, thank you so much for joining us for a second time. I love As you. As we guys talked about so offline, much. come back Look, anytime. Every, come back every anytime you want me back. Y'all are my baby sis that I love you so much, um, and y'all keep me cool. So like. Like this 44 year old is fucking grateful. <laughs> no, we, we are so you, grateful. Ty. Thank you so much. Love y'all. Bye, Bye guys. So much love and blessings. Love you guys. So you had a what would you do, Glenn? This is actually just kind what of. What would you do? So you had a what would you do, Glenn? This is actually just kind of ridiculous, but I saw it, I think, on the Shade Room. I don't know if you guys seen this. I've actually been online today. How surprising. That's this... why I was like, how do you know all these things? I know. Um, this woman was airing out her baby father because he brought food just for their kid, but she has two other children. That's weird. And she was like, uh, how are you just going to bring food for my one kid and I have two other kids? Like he has one kid with her, but she Correct. has two previous kids and they all live together and he brought food for one child. Correct. That's weird. He's trifling as fuck. I would he's, being, he's being petty. He's being That's petty. That's weird. You think, okay, because so a lot of people in the, in the comments were like, um, well, that's not his responsibility. Those are not his kids. That's ridiculous. But how are you going to bring food a for kid's one meal kid all of six and their children? Like you exactly. Don't and that puts the mom in children. a weird situation because how does that work? The little boy is going to go over there and eat at the table and be kicking his legs while he's like <laughs> sipping his little juice, smacking and making a mess with his fries. And the other kids are sitting. Oh, no, that man is petty. He's <laughs> eating McDonald's. The other kids got food at home. That's not fair. <laughs> I don't mm. like that. But. What I, I will, I don't like that, but what I will say is, I don't know, how was that communication? Like, oh, I'm picking up something for 
you know, the, the <laughs> racist bad. in me. I had to undo it because I was going to say a certain you type of say, name. I knew you were. And I'm not going to do that. So I'm going to say for Timothy. Um, <laughs> Period. Because <laughs> <laughs> right, honestly, we don't know if it's one of ours. It's on the shade room. Yeah, it was one of ours. <laughs> <laughs> it could still be David or whatever. Right. So anyways, she was like, all right, so you go and pick up a happy meal for Timothy. She could have been like, and make sure you get one for Benjamin and um, Anthony as well. But I still wouldn't put the blame on her in terms not of like the blame, her, not blame, but like, like responsibility in terms of her needing to communicate. Cause it's like, they're my kids. Obviously they're with me. Like they're not, but is it his responsibility living, if those are not his kids and does it create, does it set a precedent? It's like every time he brings something, I bring something for the other people. It's just like have some class. Yeah. Like, it's just you not bring, yeah. like that's so tacky. You just bring, that's like, I would think it's equally as tacky if, I have a friend staying with me and I just order myself a sandwich and don't say anything. I, I know some of us wouldn't because some of us are different. When I'm it comes to something. food orders, and I'd be fending for myself. I'll be like, okay, that's a very American thing, I think. But <laughs> I'm like, um, sorry, I got really hungry. I here's there's a lot of good places. Would you like to order no, something? Okay. We're, is, all in the house, we're all going to eat. This is going left. This is going left. I think that's a little bit different. Um, I agree. This with is you. even worse because they're it's, kids. It's very classic. It's very tacky. It's not very thoughtful. I think he's likely being petty, but I also wonder if she was very clear that the other children were there and to get them something. Even if it's like, if, if you want to get down fry. to like pettiness of dollars and cents of it, like, yo, pick up my kids, my other kids, something else. I'll Venmo you again. Yes. Cla- classless that of him to so... not do it. Like either way, like as a, I think as a just human being, cause I don't even want to say as a man, as a human being, you should just be thoughtful of other kids, but There's people kids. be moving petty and weird these days. But we also don't know what, what his money is looking like, all that type of stuff. Right. There are you so know? many variables. Like we don't know. You don't if, know. Like, her, his, his kid with her is like five years old. And the other kids are like 28 and 29. Right. That would be a different situation inside. where you're like, I don't even know if they're home. But I'm just assuming that if they're she's all, pissed, yeah. there's a reason. Yeah. I mean, she was lighting his ass up. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I get because it's just like every time he brings food, then is he bringing food for the other kids every single time? What if he wants to treat his son to something special? Then then, then pick him up and take him up and say, we're having a daddy Sunday. Yeah. I just, I just think a lot of people have lost like manners and like yeah. class and like, God, I'm not racist guys. I promise. But like, we're acting like white American people. Like there are certain things that I don't I think black mean. people. Oh do. yeah. Like, we don't look culture. out for everybody. Our culture. Like, yeah, you kids. feed people. You don't, yeah. I'm sorry. You're not coming to my house and I'm cooking myself a small portion of rice and beans for myself. And you're sitting no, there. No, no, that's, that's fucking yeah. rude. That's t- tacky. That's, that's not how we were brought up. And I think it was funny because uh, my friend, friend of the show, you guys are friends with her, Taylor and I, we were watching uh, housewives ultimate girls trip. And everyone came to Dorinda's house with a gift. And the only people who didn't come with a gift were Phaedra and Eva. And we were both like, Bitch, my eyes so are, are wide. I'm you're surprised. Right. You're someone's home and you're staying there for a week. Or at least they didn't show it in the clips. They didn't show it in the clips. You co- well, it's, it's not to show. You show up at the house with the gift in hand. In your That's hands. the first thing you give someone if you're staying there for a week. 
I'm well, I'm sorry, saying if packing. the editors, we don't know if the editors were being petty, but yes. Because did it become a topic? Some people just weren't raised right. No, it didn't, no. It didn't become a topic. No. It's just something that Taylor mm-hmm. and I noticed because we're like, oh, that's so nice. They brought her a candle. They brought her champagne. And then they yeah. came with their hands swinging. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, you don't do that. Don't that's do um, I do want to make a comment on the precedent thing, though, in terms of, yes, like, are you trying to take advantage of a situation where maybe the father of the other kids isn't not involved is not involved or is not doing the right thing and then using this young man to provide for all of your kids I think that's where it starts to get a little funky but he knew he was having kids with a woman with two other kids well we don't know to order the kids I think that was the thing that was the little kid the most recent baby daddy wasn't it I I heard him talking about on clubhouse that's why Oh, okay. Yeah. So no, I don't know the details. <laughs> Not either. I didn't see the clubhouse. post. I didn't see the post. I just heard like yeah. the end tale of like someone bringing this up. Um, but okay, if it was the youngest kid, in my opinion, you knew you were having a baby with a woman with two other kids. Yes. Yes. If you didn't want to deal with somebody else's kids, then you shouldn't have matched up with her. I was just thinking about how potentially complicated all that type of like organizing has to be like what about christmas gifts and one person one kid gets more than the other parent like the bought the other kids like how do you manage that do you just ask all the dads the dads for money and then you pool all the money and you buy the gifts but then the the dad doesn't get (laughs) then then i literally started thinking about nick cannon i was like how the hell is this man doing it and like is he a poly is he a polygamist why is nobody talking about that he has mad kids that are like the exact same age. So he's having multiple relationships with all these women. That's what it feels like. I heard him, he was on, um, he was on, uh, what's that shit called? Lip service. And they were just kind of acting like, they were just like, oh, so how do you deal with having, like, how do you spend time with all the kids? No. Let's talk about how you were dating like multiple women at the same time. Like, what's that about? One of them dating them. I think he or he's just like having, them. yeah, and he's doing having spreading his slings and his Yeah, but one mm. of them, I think the most recent one, no, because I don't think she had the kid yet. But one of them talked about how um, they schedule with his assistant. The assistant. I saw that, and so he can show up to certain things. I'm like, spread it, you see, doing all of this to have a packed ass schedule, right? Yeah, do I don't you know. have the time, the wherewithal, the bandwidth. I don't know. I know that's the other argument because everyone's like, "Well, he's rich; he can afford to have as many kids as he wants." But we all have the same time, so right. He's, right. There's no way he's giving all those kids. He's on the private jet from one birthday to the next. Yeah. Yeah. they, they uh, hours apart. Yeah, that sounds very stressful. He might as well move them all into a home. You know, that's what he want to do next. That's some Mormon really shit. And I watched like, that show. <gasps> oh, I didn't see that Giving like yet. God complex too, like. Mm-hmm. I want to spread my genes as much as possible. But then, like Rastas do it, some Rastas do it, and then I don't find it as strange. So I don't know why. Why you that. don't find it? <laughs> I don't know. So like I, I have a dream to have a Marley son. I, I just would love that. Oh, I see what you mean. They do do that, but I feel like they have like relationships with those women. Yeah, like, they just have lots. Of yeah, this is true. This and then they're true. all it is a little bit like, different. Cool with each other. Yeah, they look at the other, like. They know the other moms and stuff. The kids know the other kids' mom. Or like how Erica Badu does it. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Speaking of which, before we end this out, 
summer walker. Yeah. So what's going on? Is she pregnant? Because her stomach looked flat at the beginning. She's abs pregnant. Popping. With abs though? Yeah, because she early. she did that. Um, I think when she did her BBL, <gasps> she did ab etching. She might have done etching, and so it's still. And she's a small girl, so I think it still will show. I'm assuming just based off of how her body looks, and then eventually it'll pop out. Expand. Yeah. Or but she said she said she's pregnant. Etching. What if it was always there it and it got out. big? I don't oh know. Shit is scary. We don't know. Or- yeah, like what if the baby can't grow because the abs are etching? Right, yeah. tight, I'm assuming she did them. etching just because the way they look. You know, I don't even know what etching is. Is it like they tattoo it? No, mm-hmm. they kind of like <laughs> the way they're doing the lipo is. Oh, they that, suck it like in a... it can really show each abdomen. I thought they went in there with and they like started etching Cutting. literally underneath the skin, like making lines. No, because we have abs. Like even if you're like, true, a but I don't like that though. No, because I've seen a man that had that. You saw him shot it, and like it's like loose around it. Oh yeah, I don't know what that was. <laughs> I don't know what that was. I don't know what that was. That was some other shit. Maybe it was. Um, I don't know. Well, thanks for listening, y'all. Um, yeah, this was a, just a lot, a lot going on. But what do you expect? Yeah, as always, follow us on all of the platforms we are black girls texting on everything basically um we also really want to shout out our patrons who have been helping us pay for everything we so greatly appreciate you guys and if you're enjoying what you're listening to join i think the cheapest one is like five dollars a month mm-hmm. um and it really is helpful we love you guys bye, bye. Thanks again for listening to Black Girls Texting. Make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you listen and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Oh, and don't forget to text every group chat you're in and tell them to check us out. Follow your girls at Black Girls Texting and we'll see you next week. Bye.